All right, we're going to be in the book of 2 Timothy this afternoon, so take your Bibles to the book of 2 Timothy. I I really appreciate uh, you all sticking around for this afternoon service. As I mentioned earlier in the day, our church follows the same schedule every Sunday. Um, One of the things we have in our area is people are willing to come from a long distance uh, to attend uh, church. And in the winter, it makes it difficult. Um, You all know what it's like to get snow, but sometimes we have lake effect snow that is a bit more intense, especially in the evening times when the weather's cold and um, people wanted to be faithful to all three services and came up with this idea. So we have lunch every week. We have the afternoon service. And I realize it's a challenge uh, to uh, be here all day Uh, as a part of the services, and I appreciate that. And you know, I'd encourage you, I don't need to encourage you, I need to encourage all the people that snuck out after lunch, right? Right. We have that at our church, but the parking lot's small, and so people see your car leaving when you leave, so there's a little bit of peer pressure, but um, but, uh, I would encourage you to to be a part and stay uh, when... uh, when the church is having meetings, especially during a time where there's an emphasis of missions, but, but uh, be involved. I remember one year, uh, Dr. Don Camp came to preach at Trinity when I was a boy, and I remember him saying, and I heard it on, we had tapes of his messages, and I remember hearing him saying, uh, as he came to preach for a, a week of meetings for us here at Trinity, he said, he plans to be here every night, and he'd encourage you all to be here too. Of course, he was the evangelist, right? And everyone would laugh because he said, I plan to be here every night, so I'd encourage you to be here too. And they'd all laugh and he'd say, why are you laughing? This is your church. It's not my church. Okay? <laughs> and it was a good point to think about, wasn't it? So anyways, I, I'd encourage you uh, to be faithful. Uh, it's a real encouragement uh, to your pastor as well. I, I know that for sure. Uh, so I had you turn to Second Timothy, to one of my favorite New Testament passages. Uh, the books of First and Second Timothy and Titus sometimes are called the pastoral epistles. Uh, they're, they're written by Paul uh, to some young men, Timothy and Titus, to encourage them in the ministry, to give them instruction. And this book, Second Timothy, is a very personal letter. We see Paul's love for Timothy, his heart to see Timothy growing in his walk with the Lord and successful in the work God had given him to do. And as I came knowing that we were going to be thinking about missions and church planting and the work of the gospel around the world, I thought we need to talk about something that goes beyond just winning souls to Christ. Because of course, that's the most important message in the world is that people know Jesus Christ came He lived a sinless life as the spotless Lamb of God, and He shed His blood that we could be forgiven of our sin. We need to preach that message, but that's just the beginning of what missions is. And 2 Timothy gives us a simple pattern that we're to follow, and I want to look at that this afternoon. So 2 Timothy, and we're going to read in chapter 2 today. Remember, this is Paul, and he's writing to Timothy. He calls him his son. And he says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. 
and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Let's pray for just a moment. Lord, I ask for your help now this afternoon. I pray you'd help us to focus our attention on the word you have for us. I pray that our time would not just be an exercise in habit, but Lord, this time together would be a help to your people. Lord, we would be spurred on to be faithful in teaching the next generation, to be faithful in receiving truth and passing it on until you return for your bride. Lord, I pray that you would give us churches full of people that love your word, love you, and want to know you and to pass on that knowledge to the next generation. I pray that you might work now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Paul gives a very simple instruction in verse 2. We see a few layers of people. We see that he tells Timothy that he needs to take the things that thou hast learned of me among many witnesses... The same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So there's four layers here. We have Paul who has taught Timothy. We have Timothy who has learned and now he is to teach faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. This is just basic understanding and explanation of how the word of God is most effectively transmitted from one person to the next to the next. It's a generational thing. Paul was the first. Now notice, he doesn't say, Timothy, teach Pauline doctrine. Don't just follow what I've told you because it's for me. He said, the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. Paul had fully documented his testimony and his doctrine. What Paul taught had been accepted as truth by many others who knew the Savior. And I want us to be careful that we don't just give doctrine out to somebody or absorb doctrine teaching because we just like the guy or the the ministry that we're hearing the teaching from. I I hear many people that say, oh, I just, I hear this person on the radio, and boy, they're just so encouraging. And uh, boy, I I see this person on TV, or I I have some friends that really enjoy this ministry, and boy, they're they're just always so happy and upbeat, and and, uh, just an encouragement to me, and a blessing, and, and so you should watch it too, and you should watch it too, without saying, wait a minute, is this teaching lining up with the Scriptures? Is it true to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Remember what Paul said? If any person teach any other doctrine than what you have heard, even if it's an angel that speaks it unto you, let him be accursed. And Paul included himself and said, the things you've heard of me among many witnesses, 
the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. You know, I got thinking about this. I've been at Trinity since I, I don't know what year my family came here, but uh, I must have been, what, around six or seven years old, something like that. And all the way through my years in college, uh, I would come back each summer and Christmas break from college, and there'd be some new people who wouldn't know who I was. And, and then uh, being married and going to seminary for a few years and coming back, we lived in the prophet's chambers for a while. Um, you know, it was hard to get to church on time, even when we lived in the prophet's chambers. And, uh, and then eventually moved over to Ludington. And uh, God allowed us to be a part of the planting of Gospel Light Baptist Church. I got thinking about that. And I got thinking about this verse. You know, as I grew up, I heard the preaching of Pastor Saunders. I heard the preaching of Pastor Scott. Others that came, I mentioned Dr. Camp. Some of you know who that is. Some of you have no idea who that is. But uh, different evangelists that came through. But especially the men that were here laboring year in and year out. That I knew loved me and loved my family. Loved the word of God. And invested their lives into their people that God had entrusted. Made them watchmen over. And uh, I, sometimes I, I feel guilty because I think about how much work Pastor Scott put into the youth group and teaching us. And I remember there were some nights I didn't pay attention like I should have. So I apologize, Pastor Scott. But you know one thing I knew? I knew that Pastor Scott loved us, and I knew that he loved the Lord. And he wanted to see us do right with our lives. He wanted to help us walk right. Just like our parents have that same heart for us. And I remember growing up, talking with some of the men here, and they said, you know, we, we would love to see some of the young people from our church take the same vision we have to the next generation. I remember hearing that. And I never thought there'd be a day that I would be back here, standing here, thanking God that I got to be a part of that in some way. And it's all to his glory because I stumble over my words. I, I, I still can't believe that God allowed me to do what he's done. I think about the first sermon that, that I was allowed to stand up here and deliver. And I think what a mess I made and how gracious uh, Pastor Saunders and Pastor Scott were. Uh, they could have ripped us to shreds about what were you thinking? Why did you preach that? But uh, how they helped us along. And I got thinking about this. Today in Ludington, Bruce Darren handled Sunday school and a man named Daniel preached the morning service. It's kind of a neat story about Daniel and it has to do with your pastor too. Before he was a pastor here, most of you know he traveled in evangelism, and we had invited him to come and, and preach for us in Ludington. So they came, and uh, they came and held a week of meetings. And uh, a new family had been coming to our church. And one of the, the oldest son in that family's name was Daniel. And Daniel 
was wrestling with his soul. He was wrestling with his salvation. He felt pretty confident he was lost and he he didn't know how to be sure he was saved. And uh, this was a something that was a heavy weight on his heart. And he came to the meetings that we were having with the Fergusons and uh, he stayed one night after the service. And we talked. And I believe he stayed the next night. And we talked and we were there late. And I think both Pastor Ferguson and I were almost to the point of exasperation as to what to tell this young man because he said, I want to be saved. I know that I'm lost, but I can't. I don't know if you ever had anybody say that to you. But in desperation, we, I, I, I think I told him, I said, Daniel, can you picture Jesus Christ standing at the front of this room and saying, Daniel, come. I've done it all. I'll save you. Just come to me. Would you stand there and say you can't, or would you just come to him? I remember he started to cry, and he walked out of the room, and I know both, both your pastor and I were praying and burdened so much for this young man, and he walked into the men's room. At our church, the men's room is just a little single-person restroom. He walked in there for a few minutes, and he came out, and he was crying, and we were talking with his other brother who was struggling, and he looked at me with this huge grin on his face. And he said, I got it. And uh, he's preaching in our pulpit this morning. And I think about, now we've gone from the generation before to the next generation to this generation and on. And Daniel has a passion to see young people know the Savior and know the truth of God's word. And simple, simple call this afternoon. We're looking for some faithful men who we can commit this truth to, who will take this truth to the next generation. Just like someone gave it to us, who gave it to them, who gave it to them, back to the Apostle Paul, back to the Lord Jesus Christ. This truth has gone from generation to generation, and it can't die with us. Thankfully, the Lord in His wisdom and His power is not going to allow that to happen. But I sure want Him to use me, and I hope you want Him to use you, to make sure the next generation has the same truth that they can give to those coming behind, behind them. You see, he talks about being a soldier. He talks about being an athlete. He gives all kinds of illustrations. And it's all about this, Timothy, be encouraged, do right, walk in the truth. In fact, he gets down, he uses all these different professions as illustrations. In chapter 2, verse 15, there's a verse that many of you have memorized. He says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. A workman. 
We need faithful men who will say, I'll learn. I don't know it all. By the way, none of us do. I learn things all the time. Sometimes God uses new believers who haven't read the scriptures as many times as I have to say, Pastor, I think you're reading that verse wrong. Doesn't it mean this? And I go, wow, I think you might have a point here. We challenge each other. We sharpen one another. Don't misunderstand that I'm saying I've arrived at truth and you need to arrive. We're always growing. God's word is full of truth that we're always searching out. We're always digging and looking for more. But we need some who will say, I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to be equipped so that I can teach the next generation and that they know that they're going to have to teach the next generation. I said in the morning service when I joke about getting older, nobody laughs anymore. Well, you know, there comes a point when all of us get to the end of the age that God gives us and we will pass off the scene. What's going to be behind us? Is there going to be a generation of workmen that know how to rightly divide the word of truth? Or are there going to be people who just like shallow, fluffy, nice things to be told to them? The word of God is full of amazing truth. Beautiful pictures of Christ. Amazing things that we can see of who our God is. This book, I, I, I understand that you're going through the book of Revelation. I'm sure it's been pointed out that that book uh, has a longer title, uh, and sometimes it's written out. I don't know if this copy of the Scriptures uses the title that I have today, but uh, the Revelation of Jesus Christ. This book reveals our God to us. We know Him on a such greater level and such greater detail because of this book. And so we need to know how to rightly divide it. You know what the word rightly divide means in 2 Timothy three or 2.15? It means to be able to cut straight. Now, if you hang around my family for too long, my wife is going to tell you a story about a table that I've started to build for her and have failed to finish. Okay? Uh, It's kind of a joke around the community that Pastor started this beautiful table, dining room table, and it's in his garage, half built. And I say, but my table saw burned up. That's my excuse. So guess what my wife found this weekend at a garage sale uh, off of Potter Road? She found a table saw. So now I get to figure out how to get that home in my Suburban. And uh, it's big. It's got nice big wings on it. And it's got a power tilt on the blade and a power raise and lower. It's pretty nice. And it was a great deal. Just got to get the rust off of it. And, and uh, I, have to build, I have to build a rip fence for some of you woodworkers or find a rip fence for it. But I'm excited because if you've ever tried to cut a board straight, without the proper tools, it's not easy. 
You ever try to rip a board with a circular saw? You can clamp a guide and get it pretty close to perfect. But if you try to draw a line, snap a line and do it. There might be somebody, but I sure can't. I got to have a saw that is clamped down tight and straight. And when we're building important things, it needs to be cut straight. There is nothing more important than cutting straight the Word of God. Rightly dividing the Word of God. I'm sorry if I share a bunch of old stories, but coming back here just brings all of these things to my mind. I remember a, a trip we were taking. I don't know where it was. It was either a college trip or a missions trip. I remember Pastor Scott was driving probably behind the wheel of the black bullet, I would think. Um, there's only a few of you who get these old jokes, but we used to have an old black van conversion thing that we would take on trips, and it's probably that vehicle he was driving. I remember he asked us one time a question about the Word of God. And he said, do you think the Word of God has only one meaning or many different meanings? I don't know if he remembers having this conversation, but I think he was kind of baiting us to see if we believed false doctrine. So he said, do you think a a verse, you know, the Word of God is living, right? So do you think a verse can mean one thing or more than one thing? And I don't remember if Pastor Ferguson was there, but I remember a couple of my friends. I won't name any other names, but I remember a few of them. Some of them might be in the room in our great wisdom of our high school minds, we started to share about how the Bible is just alive. And so I can read a verse one day and it could mean one thing, but then I can read another day and it could mean something else. And somewhat, somebody else said, you know, it's amazing how God will take a verse and it can mean one thing to you, but mean a completely different thing to you. And I'm not going to ask you if you believe that's true, because it's not. And Pastor Scott wisely helped us in our understanding. He said, ah, guys, be careful. The Bible only means one thing. A verse means what it means. It can be applied to many situations. But it only means one thing. For instance, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What does that mean to you? You know what? It actually doesn't matter what it means to you. What matters is, what does it mean in truth? I don't get to judge the meaning of a verse based on my feeling. This is really simple. And yet it's profound in our age of nothing is absolute. Everything is relative. Words mean things. This is deep, I know. They have a book called a dictionary. You can have it on the internet too. You can search it. But they actually have them printed. And you can take a word and look it up and see what does the word mean. When I talk about rightly dividing the word of truth, my burden is for the people of Gospel Light Baptist Church and by application the people of Trinity Baptist Church to be able to open the word of God and read it and understand it and apply it in their life and not have to always just come and hear what pastor says and then say, okay, I get it now. We help each other. 
And I'm thankful that God has given me a responsibility to help people understand. But I want people to be equipped so that they can be workmen that can rightly divide the word of truth. There's a very popular preacher who was recently retired. He had a huge ministry out in California, popular in the 80s and 90s. And I saw an interview that someone came to him and asked him if he believed Jesus is the only way to heaven. And he had made a huge name for himself, a huge ministry empire. And he said, who am I to judge that? And this man said, well, should I name his name? I won't. I won't distract you with the name. He said, but sir, didn't Jesus say in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And you know what this famous pastor who had this great ministry said? He said, you know what, sir? You're interpreting that verse negatively. I choose to interpret that verse positively. And I I saw this interview and I shook my head and I said, what is he talking about? Interpret positive, interpret negative. What are you talking about? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. What he said was, what he meant was, I like to think about I am the way, the truth, and the life. I refuse to listen to no man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's what he meant. I like the first half, but I don't like the second half, so... Don't focus on that. Focus on this. Does that make a difference? Does it matter that no man cometh unto the Father but by Him? It certainly does. Because if we forget that, then we believe the lie of the devil. That Jesus is a great way to God. But there are many other ways, or maybe there are. And what a sad thing for someone to go through life believing that. When Jesus said, there's no other way. You must be saved. And only can you be saved through Jesus Christ. That's a simple example. A man with a lot of influence, a lot of followers, had believed a lie. Chosen to not believe the truth. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So it's just the simple truth this afternoon. Well, you say, I want to be a faithful man. I want to be a faithful woman. This doesn't uh, discriminate against the ladies. We need a generation of women that love the Lord and love His Word that can teach a generation coming behind them. The Bible gives us the pattern for that, that the aged women are to teach the younger And the aged men are to teach the younger. This is just the way the church is to work. And I would encourage you to take that seriously. Say, I want to know the truth. I want to take it to the next generation. And I've not taken seriously learning. I've not taken seriously rightly dividing the word of truth. But I want to. I want to know the truth. I want to walk in the truth. I want to be able to read the word of God. And by His grace, understand it. There are hard places in the Bible. There are hard things to study out. Going through the book of Revelation, I applaud your pastor for doing that. You're doing it on Sunday evenings? It's perfect. Because some people who 
like to stay home on Sunday evenings want to know what Revelation says so they'll come. It's exciting, but it's not easy to rightly divide that. We have to put in some effort to do it. So are you willing? Are you willing to say, I want to rightly divide. I want to be a workman. I want to study. Maybe you weren't the greatest student in school, but you understand it doesn't matter about schooling. It matters is, I love Christ. And this is how he's revealed himself in so many ways. This is how I can know him better. And I've got to give this to the next generation. Folks, we live in a world that has no understanding of truth. They have no comprehension. I saw a post on Facebook. And uh, sometimes I, I'm thankful for being on Facebook. And sometimes I wonder if I should be. All the people of our church know they better be careful because pastor watches them on Facebook. And uh, you better be careful because I watch some of you and I report to your pastor about it. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But maybe once or twice that's come up in conversation. Because I don't think he watches you on Facebook. But I've seen some things on... uh, on Facebook that kind of scare me. Things that are being promoted, things that are being taught, things that are being believed. I saw a post recently about from someone that I went to high school with. I, I went to Flushing High School and someone that I graduated with posted that they were ashamed that their hometown of Flushing, Michigan, the senior center took a trip to the Ark. I didn't know that, but I guess the senior center took a trip down to the Ark Encounter in Kentucky. And they they had a heyday mocking those who would believe in biblical creation in the Ark. And they said, said, well, at least it wasn't that place where they believed dinosaurs were on the Ark. And he said, no, actually, it was that place. And they just had a heyday making fun of the fact that God created this world, Who could believe such a thing? And to me, it's just obvious. But our world doesn't have the truth. They believe the lie. And sadly, many within our own churches are so lacking in spiritual truth and understanding. Gospel Light Baptist Church might not ever be a thousand people, But whoever God leads to be a part of our church, I want them to know what they believe, know why they believe it, and to be able to stand on the Word of God. And that's what I encourage you to this afternoon. As we promote missions around the world, may we equip people here and abroad not to rely on the missionary, but the missionary to start the work. And equip a generation who will continue it. Who will send missionaries to other places. Who who knows, maybe one day the missionaries we send to the foreign field will be sending missionaries back here. Because the word of God is powerful. It's not just one man. It's the truth. 
will we equip the next generation with the truth?